opening, everybody, everybody in the house, say hey, say ho. It is a beautiful day. How's it going? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu, uh, episode number 127, I believe. Mom, thanks for listening. I think last time I forgot to say, Mom, thanks for listening, and then I've felt bad all week. Just all, all, Mom, I felt so, I felt so bad. Can you please forgive me? Uh, how's it going, everybody? It's, it's, um, it's like a new school year and stuff. Everything is beginning, beginning new, new teachers and sports and all the things. And we're in the middle of all of it. So, uh, yeah, hope, hope it's going well for you as it is for me. The Sneaky Emu is a place where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us that sometimes we fail to see and occasionally overlook. Uh, so this one, episode 127, I wanted to call Everything Bagel. <laughs> it's an Everything Bagel. Uh, so, and I think this, was, this, is a, this is a good one for all of us, uh, no matter what kind of what you're dealing with or where you're at. This is just just a good kind of friendly reminder uh, along with hopefully uh, a little bit of encouragement. So I think last week I, I was talking about, we did the front yard, backyard, and we were talking about you know me cutting down all the stuff and burning all the stuff and, and you know, how it's this metaphor for uh, our, <clears throat> our exterior lives versus our internal lives. And, and so... Uh, that same time when I was, uh, I spent, I think I mentioned several hours with the chainsaw, just cutting down old dead trees and trees that had fallen over due to the storm. Um, and so I'd been out there all, all, all day and it was, I think probably just shy of 252 degrees outside, just shy of that a little bit. And, you know, it's Florida, it's August, it's just absolutely roasting, and, um, I, you know, I, did, I, probably, I probably overdid it. If I'm honest, I overdid a little bit, got, got a little bit exhausted, uh, and so I, I decided to kind of call it a day, and I started packing up my stuff, and I just got, I just got overwhelmed with the heat and, like, fatigue, so I was like, man, I just need to go, I need to go sit in the shade. So I go sit in the shade, and I'm just, you know, just sweat is just dripping down every inch of me. I'm covered in tree bark uh, and, and you know, dirt and sawdust, and I've got stuff all over me. And I, I have my, like, I have my shirt off because it was just too hot to ha- even have a shirt on. And so I sit down uh, on, a, on a little bench we have under a, an oak tree, and uh, just sitting in the shade, like kind of catching my breath and like uh, uh, drinking some water as best I can. And then my daughter comes outside. My 12-year-old daughter, who has been inside for several hours at this point, not sweating. I don't know what she was doing, drawing, art stuff, whatever. Uh, who been inside and just enjoying the comforts of, you know, the house, I guess. She comes outside, and I'm sitting there about ready to f- keel over and die, essentially. And she goes, oh, she goes, you don't, you don't look so good. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been, I've been cutting trees, and I'm just, I think I overdid it. And then she stared at me, like with, you know, like a, you know, a middle school girl 
face of complete and total judgment. <laughs> like she can't believe how gross and disgusting I am covered in all of the dust and dirt and debris. And then she, <laughs> she, she goes, you look like, you look like an everything bagel. <laughs> She goes, you look like an everything bagel. And I look down at my dirty, gross, naked upper torso, and I'm like, oh, she's kind of right. I've got these little specks of sawdust, little specks of dirt, little specks of this. Like, I, my torso looked like an everything bagel. So even though I didn't have a, 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 the energy to, like, fully engage or appreciate the comment, I, it did make me laugh. And in retrospect, I just I keep thinking about what a hysterically accurate description of her dad. As a 12-year-old girl, you know, I coming outside to see her sweaty, gross dad covered in stuff. He's been just, you know, sweating it out for several hours, and she comes out and makes this snap judgment and is, like, really, really spot on. And uh, as, as funny as it was, though, in the moment, I was a bit annoyed because... Not because of necessarily what she said, because what she said was really funny. But I think it was just the premise where dad has been outside, like, killing himself to get the yard in a particular shape so that my family and my kids can enjoy the... And, and my uh, there's selfish motives there. I, I want the yard to look nice as well. But, um, you know, it's pride, ego, that sort of thing. I'm working on it, people. I'm working on it. But I, I'm out there killing myself. And the 12-year-old girl who hasn't lifted a finger in the yard uh, and has been in the AC and just enjoying her like kind of little day off comes out and gives me this judgment about how crappy I look like there was a bit of a there was a bit of a, a frustration maybe not nothing major not like because it again a hysterically accurate assessment but it was just the premise of it like oh so you're just gonna come out here and start casting judgment on me, right? Like you're just gonna you're just gonna come out here and assess the situation like you know what's happening. Like I don't I don't need your input, peanut gallery. Like keep that to yourself. And so as I was thinking about it, uh, you know, even this uh, this past week, I'm like, you know, it is really interesting that um, one kind of uh, again, despite being funny, how I felt this twinge of judgment which again, 12-year-old girl it just kind of comes with the territory. But also as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, uh, how much, how often are we like my daughter when it comes to other people and what they're going through, right? Like we, um, it's very, like she doesn't, she didn't know everything I had been, I mean, she kind of knew I was just out doing stuff. I'm always out doing stuff. But she didn't know like, the hurt and pain of my body. She didn't know the complete exhaustion and fatigue from, you know, being, cause I wasn't just cutting. I was also burning stuff. So it was like, it, it was literally like close. It was in the high nineties and then I'm burning. I have a massive fire, a fire so big that you can't get within like 10 to 20 feet of it without feeling the intense heat. Right. And I'm, I'm just giving everything I've got to do this thing. And, uh, I've got scratches all over. I've got splinters in my hands. I've got scratches all up and down my leg. Like just, just an absolute mess uh, because of everything I've been dealing with. And then she comes out, sees me, makes a snap, snap second, snap second, snap judgment about 
about the condition that I'm in without knowing the fullness of what I've been through. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is, this is actually what we do. We all kind of do this all, all the time. Don't wait to other people. We do this all the time to other people. Um, when we're at the grocery store and I'm in, maybe, um, maybe it's just me. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that's super judgy? Maybe I've got some, in, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. I've got work to do. I understand that. I know that. But like, we, it's, we're, we're very quick to judge other people based on what we observe uh, from like the split second. Um, and, and we have this judgment upon somebody else based on what we see. And we assume we have the story figured out. And then we immediately cast judgment upon other people. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, this is so we're at the grocery store and you see uh, a lady with a couple kids and she's a bit frazzled and the kids are being a bit obnoxious and you're like oh well why didn't she why didn't she have that like have them under better control what's wrong with it? like I I had a I have a friend who has uh, many many children many childrens many childrens uh, I think they have like uh, eight kids they have eight kids and some of those are getting older now but uh, when the kids were much younger and they only had like three or four or five at the same time. And I remember her telling me stories about going to the grocery store and how she would just get all these like nasty looks from people in the grocery store. Like one, why did you have so many kids? Two, what are you doing with your life? Three, how come your hair is a mess? Four, what's wrong? How come you're not like more put together? Right. She's like, it just, she goes, I feel people's judgment all the time in these scenarios. Um, Maybe you've been in these situations where uh, we, we were recently at a couple of social gatherings and I found myself in a situation where I met somebody who, you know, met a new person. Uh, I, I learned a couple things about their life. I, um, based on just how they carried themselves, some of the things they said, uh, general appearance, that sort of thing. And I made this kind of quick judgment in my head about what this person is like. And then later found out by people who knew them much better than I, that, you know, they had been through X, Y, and Z recently. And, you know, that they, they were just doing well to kind of be at the party sort of situation at the social gathering. And I, and I remember thinking in, in retrospect, like what, what a little turd face that I am, right? It's so very easy for us to, to be, to stand in a place of judgment over others. I know we talked about um, judgment, uh, kind of last week, the idea of judgment and the thing in the eye, uh, the plank in the eye Th this one, this, this week isn't, isn't about judgment. It, uh, as much it's secondarily about judgment, I guess, but that's not the main thing I want to talk about. By the way, um, I did have somebody reach out to me and say that they might want to help. Um, they might want to, uh, like, uh, orchestrate, facilitate, uh, a sneaky emu, Instagram account. <laughs> uh, they, they were kind of joking, but I thought that's really funny. Uh, and also, I'm not going to do it. But also, if I let them, I can't have uh, too much in, input or control over it because I know I'm not going to do it. So anyways, I thought that was funny and made me, made me smile a good bit. So thank you uh, to you who shall remain nameless but hopefully know who you are. Yeah, thanks for that. So uh, as I've been thinking about this, um, it kind of it kind of occurred to me like uh, that's not 
that's not how I want to live my life from that place of walking out and seeing somebody covered in dirt and sawdust and just saying you look like an everything bagel. <laughs> that's 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 not that's not like the most helpful place. Like maybe maybe in that situation, like if she had come out again, I wasn't angry, it wasn't frustrated, it was funny, I was mildly annoyed. That's all. Um but maybe in that situation if she had come out and gone like, Oh, like, hey, are you okay? Hey, do you need some water? Hey, do you, should you hose yourself off in the hose to cool that? Like any sort of anything that acknowledged the difficulty that I'd been through and anything that was like even a token of appreciation and or the ability to help in some way, like that would have gone so much farther. Like that would have been that would have been almost like soothing to my soul, like just somebody acknowledging the hurt and the pain, somebody acknowledging, oh, maybe I should help, somebody somebody lending a hand in any way, shape, or form would have been greatly appreciated. And so as I've been as I've been thinking about this, you know, I look at not only one, how people in general operate, where we are so quick to judge and so quick to cast judgment and make assumptions about people and oh well, you know, like uh <clears throat> what about like homeless people? Oh, well, the, I'm not going to give them money. They're probably just going to use it for drugs. You don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. Maybe, but maybe also not, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people running scams, but also there are people that need legitimate help. Like figure out a way to do that. Don't just immediately judge them. Um, when I when I think about like most of the stories uh, in, in the Gospels, when you think about the life and the teachings of Jesus, Jesus... The, the people that he judged were the religious people who weren't helping others, who weren't helping the poor, the needy, the marginalized, who weren't helping the widows and the orphans. Jesus judged the religious people who sat in their little towers and looked down upon everybody else who wasn't as ritualistically, ritualistically, that's how you say it, uh, clean, uh, uh, ritual purity that they didn't maintain. And so they were very much like, very judgmental in their general approach to other people, uh, and to those who weren't as good as them. And, and what you see in the teachings in the life of Jesus is that Jesus, whenever he met an, a non-religious like leader type person, there was, he, there was never judgment upon the person. It, was, it seems to be that when Jesus met somebody who was in need or hurting or struggling or whatever, that there was... <clears throat> there was this, um, he met them, one, where they were at, two, he met them with uh, from a place of love, and three, there was always this offering to, like, help. There was always this helping hand that is being, like, lent to the people who are struggling. When you think about, um, who was it, the woman that was bleeding, uh, like, for, for years, and Jesus was walking through through town, and she had found out that he was going to be there. And he's in this big crowd of people, and she reaches out and it says she touches like the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops and he says he says like essentially something about he felt the power leave him, and he wanted to know what was happening. But he doesn't ever he it wasn't who did this, why did you do this, what's wrong with you? It wasn't oh well you should just go see a doctor. It wasn't. There, there wasn't this 
immediate judgment of the woman who was desperately in need of healing. It was just like, let me see who this is and sure, like be healed with this. When Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, the uh, Samaritan woman, right? And he, and, um, he tells her to go something about go see her husband or something about where she lives. And she goes, um, she goes, he goes, you're correct. The, the man you live with is not your husband. In fact, you've had like five other husbands. Like he sees, he sees her. He acknowledges what she's been through. She, he acknowledges the difficulties that he acknowledges the everything bagel <laughs> that she's covered in. And then he, he like, he like gives her this like deeper truth. So he meets her where she's at. First of all, like literally in this situation, that's the woman at the well. He meets her at the well. Um, and the, the backstory on that whole thing or the, the like context is that this woman going to the well when she went, um, the fact that she was alone meant that she was an outsider in her society, probably having something to do with the amount of husbands she've had. So she's, she's kind of an outcast because the women would go early in the morning together to get the water for their families that they would use for the rest of the day. So the fact that she's out at like midday by herself at the well speaks to this idea that she was kind of a pariah or an outcast in her society. She, she was covered in this everything bagel of the mess of her life. And so Jesus literally meets her where, where she's at, at the well, and then figuratively meets her where she's at with everything she's dealing with. He's like, yeah, 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 no, I get it. <clears throat> but also, like, I, I am offering you something new here. Like, let me help you. You're, you're here to get water. I'll, I'll give you this, this eternal, everlasting water that will quench your thirst. He's speaking about, of course, like this larger, this larger concept, this idea of love, salvation, all, redemption, all the things that our soul is usually, like, crying out for. So Jesus is like, yeah, 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 I got, I got you. So in the middle of her, like she is the one sitting on the bench who's been out in the sun, who's sweating and exhausted and fatigued and covered in the mess of that. Jesus meets her where she is at and then offers her something to help take her forward, offers her some sense of relief. Um, same thing with the story of, of Jesus healing the blind man. It's just story after story of kind of this very similar thing that Jesus meets the people where they're at and then offers them something. Like there's there's this complete lack of judgment and there's only, it, there's this deeper seeing that, that Jesus has this profound ability to do. Um, let's see, John chapter nine, Jesus heals a, mind, a man born blind. It says, as he went along, he saw a man from, uh, blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents that he was born blind. Okay, so there's a lot of things just in this little verse. And the idea basically is that um, at this time, the belief was something like this, some sort of ailment, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, physical anomaly that's happened to a person, um, that this wasn't the wasn't just some sort of ab abnormal birth defect sort of thing, but rather that this was, this <clears throat> was the result of like generational sin. Somebody's, somebody's uh, in this family, the mother, the father, somebody in this family had done something wrong against God. Somebody had sinned and the result, the effect, the consequence of that sin was that this man was born blind, right? So what, watch how Jesus responds here. Verse three, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, 
but this happens so that the work of God may be displayed in him. Um, and so basically, he's going, yeah, no, that's not, that's not like how, how this works. This isn't, this, that's not how God works, by the way. And just so we're clear, in case you don't understand this, <laughs> in case you don't understand this, um, I'm not sure, let me rephrase that. God is not a God who is a spiteful punisher, right? If I put this in perspective of myself and my kids, um, if my kids do something wrong, they act out, they go against, they, if they intentionally disobey me, yeah, I may be frustrated. Yes, there may be uh, some sort of consequence, but I'm going to deal with it, and then we're going to move forward, right? This, I'm not going to um, go, oh, well, I told you not, I told you uh, we're not eating uh, candy right now, and you snuck a piece of candy, right, when you're seven. And so when you're 18, <laughs> I'm going to enforce some sort of punishment later, like that, like what? Well, he didn't, he messed up when he was seven. So at some point he has to experience a deeper consequence for his action. So yeah, you're, you're not, you're not, um, you're not going out with your friends, <laughs> whatever, some sort of, re uh, I'm just making this up on the fly, obviously. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure that that's how God works it because, or imagine, imagine if I did that. Okay. So, um, if if I did a direct parallel, okay, my son, uh, he he steps out of line, he disobeys me uh, at the age of twelve, and then he grows up and has a kid, and then then I punish his kid. <laughs> Grandpa, what are you doing? Well, your father, when he was twelve, he uh, he disobeyed me. He spoke back to me, and he didn't put the dishes away. So <laughs> now. This is what's going to happen to you, right? Like, that, I, that's not how God works. That's not how God works. We have to change our, our general thinking and understanding of God. We, we, have, we have developed God into this, um, into this, you know, like I say, like the sky curmudgeon who's just actively looking to punish us based on our missteps or our failures or whatever. I, I'm not, I, that's not how... I understand God to work at all, right? God, yes, God is a loving Father. Yes, we will certainly have consequences for our actions because if I do something dumb, there, like, there will be a consequence for that. Uh, if I, if I, uh, you know, it's like my I had a buddy. I've shared this story before in high school that got his girlfriend pregnant, and I remember he was he was angry at God for that. Like, why did God do this to me? And I remember being like. Yeah, but like God God kind of didn't do that to you. Do you know like you you did that to yourself by doing that to her which caused the like your body is designed to work that way. <laughs> like, like this is not a consequence of of God punishing you. This is this is like how nature works kind of. <laughs> so so I think a lot of times we we assume that God is like going to get us or the other shoe is going to drop or there's going to be this punishment. Um, <clears throat> I don't think the stuff that we experience is punishment as much as it is a consequence of our own actions. Yeah. Like, oh, well, my, my relationship with this person like, uh, is a mess. My, my wife and I are going, we're, you know, we're going through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
also like there's a, there's too many factors there to give an example, but you get the idea. A lot of times, most of the time, it's just the consequences of our, our own actions. If I don't brush my teeth, my teeth will get yellow and I will get cavities and they will fall out or have to be pulled out because they will rot, right? God didn't do that because like, not that God, <laughs> not that there's a law that says God said you should brush your teeth, but <laughs> I can't blame God for the results of my own actions. That's that's on me. So in the in this in the story with the blind man, the disciples are looking for the cause, like because there has to be a reason. God is obviously controlling all of this, and Jesus is like, no, 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 it doesn't. That's not how it works. Neither of these have sinned. In fact. This is going to be an opportunity that I get to put my God's power on display. And so I guess I guess for me, when I look at story after story of how Jesus interacted with people, healing, feeding, it was always meeting people where they were at um, with a lack of judgment. And I can't help but think that maybe, just maybe, um, we might do well you know, to follow in those footsteps. Rather, when it comes to a situation with other people, with your kids, with your family, with your spouse, with whatever, a lot of times, I mean, some of the, with more personal stuff, you know what people are going through usually. But also when it comes to strangers or acquaintances, uh, it's, it's very easy to size them up and make that initial judgment and I think, based on this you know, life and teaching of Jesus, that maybe a better way to live in general would be to reserve, hold back your judgment, or to begin to live from a place where your first thought is not judgment to begin with. It would be much better, I believe, if we simply met people where they were at, understood that, oh, when you see somebody that's covered in the everything bagel, <laughs> when you meet somebody that's really gone through the tough stuff, that's struggling to keep their head above the water, like maybe rather than going, oh, you look like crap, or oh, this is your fault, or oh, what'd you do, or God is punishing you, or whatever, like maybe you just go, you, you observe it, you, oh, like this guy's covered in a bunch of filth. This guy is fatigued. This guy is is on his last uh, his last something. What last nerve? Not last nerve. That's not the right phrase. He, he he's he's like he's at the end of his rope. Like maybe rather than just pointing it out, maybe reserving that and maybe meeting that person where where they are and being able to say, hey, hey, uh, it looks like you've been through some stuff. Maybe can I get you a cup of water? Hey, let me let me turn on the hose and help rinse you off. Hey, maybe is there anything that I can do for you to help in this moment? Right? Like, wouldn't one wouldn't that make the world a better place? Two, isn't that what we would all like? How we would all like to be responded to? Right? What what's the that's like one of the key teachings of Jesus, anyways, isn't it? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second greatest commandment that <laughs> that we're given, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is what Jesus keeps as he moves forward with what he's doing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? In that situation, when I'm the everything bagel guy and I'm sitting there on the bench completely exhausted and feel like I want to die, I don't. what I don't need 
is somebody coming along and judging me and pointing out what's wrong and having an opinion about uh, how I've messed up or how dirty and filthy I am. What I would personally like, like I said with my daughter, is somebody to offer me a drink, somebody to offer me a cold towel, somebody, somebody to offer me something uh, that brings a bit of comfort and relief. So if that's how I want to be treated, then wouldn't it make sense that I should want to treat other people that way as well? So when you see somebody in your life, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a, I don't know, somebody somewhere at the, at the grocery store, maybe it's a woman with eight children at the grocery store, maybe, maybe reserving that judgment and simply acknowledging the bagel, acknowledging the hurt, the pain, uh, in a loving sort of way, and then offering some sort of solace, some sort of comfort, some sort of alignment with what they're going through. If, if, if that woman, if my friend was at the grocery store with their eight kids, I'm sure that my, and I didn't know her, I'm sure my initial reaction might be the same, like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? But also, what she wants, I think, is somebody to just go like, hey, hang in there. <laughs> like, hey, you've, you, you've got a lot on your hands, I see that, but also look at all the, the life that you've brought into the world. Maybe, maybe even there's some joy that you can find in there. Right? If, 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 you've, if you come across somebody at your work, a coworker, whatever, uh, a friend who's maybe a friend you kind of know what's going on, but a coworker who's having a bad day, right? and you don't see everything that they went through that morning, maybe rather than jumping to a conclusion, you go, hey, like, everything okay? Anything I can help you with? Like, yeah, like maybe this is, this is a better way. This is a better way. Like, let's, let's reserve, let's, let's postpone let's dispel our initial judgment and get to the place of learning to see that everybody's going through some stuff. Like see, see the person beyond just what they're covered in. See the person beyond what they're covered in. See, see the need behind the mess. Do something with that because that's where the good stuff is. That's where one, not only will you, uh, I think, experience a great deal of joy in the ability to help others, because that's that's kind of the way it works. I don't know if you know this, right? I, and I, it's it's been interesting. I've I keep hearing um, and reading different things that are all kind of pointing to this kind of general thought that um, happy happiness, joy, fulfillment, whatever, like you can go and do and pursue and accomplish all the things. But at some point, you will come to the realization that like happiness is and joy comes really from being able to help those around you. That's where you experience what uh, who was it Alexander Supertramp uh, that uh, was there was a book that he a movie based on the book uh, Into the Wild something like that with the kid who left everything behind and moved to Alaska to live out on his own and he ended up dying because he ate some uh, the wrong plant. I didn't mean to laugh. It just came out because uh, he did a lot of work to get out there. And it was such a silly little dumb mistake. Um, and he had this moment of trying to get away from everything because he wanted to leave the trappings of the world behind. And then what he realized, one of the last lines in that movie, uh, just incredible line where he says, um, 
Happiness is only real when shared. Happiness is only real when shared, uh, which I thought is such a beautiful, incredible line. He, he finally gets away from everything, and then he realizes, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I can, like, being alone and not having the stresses of other people, like, that's, that's great for a little bit. But, like, when you're sitting and staring at a sunrise or a sunset and you're experiencing a, a, a moment of beauty in this life, like, isn't that moment so much better when it's shared, when you have somebody to share that thing with? It's like if you've ever watched, you ever watch a show or a movie or something, and there's been something funny, like you watch it alone, and there's something funny, and you laugh, and you, what do you, I, I've caught myself doing this, where you look to the right or left, like you look, you look for somebody to share in that laughter, right? Like, oh, did you see that? That was funny. Like, isn't that a funny thing that just happened? And when there's nobody there, it's a bit weird because you're like, wait, wait, who am I looking for? Why am I looking for somebody? I've I've been alone watching this movie by myself now for like an hour. Why why did I just look to my right to see if there was somebody on the couch? Yeah, because when we experience something good, something positive, something beautiful, something funny, something something that brings a sense of joy to our being, there's this natural tendency to want to share it with other people. And so I think that's that speaks to this this communal, um, this communal identity that we all have, that, that there's something about who we are as people that, uh, you know, I think it's because we've been created in the image of God, who is the, who is the original community. And so there's this, there's this communal desire built into us. And so when we come across a person who has gone through some things, uh, who was covered in the everything bagel, who was covered in, in the filth, even if it's of their own making, like rather than casting that judgment, the thing that will actually, because why, why do we judge people? I think typically we judge people because we want to feel better about ourselves, right? Um, because we, because there's something missing in our own lives. And so if I can point the finger at them it prevents me from pointing the finger at my own stuff. And in doing so, like I, I do, I feel better. Oh, well, I'm better than they are. I've got my life more figured out. Well, I can't believe they would do this, that, or the other thing, even though I might do the exact same thing. And so rather than looking to that sense of judgment as a way to make myself feel better, maybe if I met the pe- person where they were at, responded to them with love, responded to them with the understanding that we have this communal connection as human beings that have been filled with the divine spirit. If, if I started from that place, tried to meet them where they're at with, and, and, and address some sort of hurt or need or just simply acknowledge their existence as a human being, maybe that would be the thing that would actually lead to uh, the fullness of life for myself. Maybe doing that, sharing that moment, experiencing that with them, offering them something, offering them some sort of comfort or relief from what they're going through, maybe that would actually be the fulfillment that I'm looking for and replace the judgment that isn't helpful that I think is doing something that it's not actually doing. I think that all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So maybe for you, maybe for me this week, maybe we keep an eye out for people who are covered in the everything bagel. (laughs) Maybe we look for those people Maybe we see that, but we don't say it. Maybe we just we just go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we see. I see you. I see you. That's what that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? We went attempting to see people beyond the facade, beyond the everything bagel, to see that they are in fact human, and the thing that they're covered in, 
uh, might be a sign like that they need some help with something. It's it's uh, maybe as we look for this, we don't we don't go, hey, you're a mess. We just go, hey, uh, can I help you with something? <laughs> maybe maybe we all need to be Walmart greeters. How can I help you? <laughs> maybe that needs to be our new like mantra, our new phrase, our new motto. How can I help you today? How can I help you today? Yeah, because this is the place that's actually going to be much more uh, fulfilling for you anyways, rather than casting judgment. How can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? All right, my friends, let's go ahead and call that a day. Uh, this has been the Sneaky Emu, uh, episode number 127. Uh, Mom, thanks for listening. Um, we will. Uh, I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. God bless. Go in peace. Hasta la vista. We're here to unlearn the teachings of the church and state.